Well, y'all ready to spend a little time in the Word of God today? Yes. If you all say, I'm ready for the Word. Yes. The Bible says in Isaiah 68 and verse 16, Therefore thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. And the Berean Study Bible uh, ends it by saying, The one who believes will never be shaken. Can I get an amen to that? Lift those hands toward heaven. Father, we thank you for being in our midst. For you said where two or three are gathered together in your name, there are you in the midst of them. We're grateful for this opportunity to fellowship with you and to fellowship with one another as the family of God and the people of God. And uh, we thank you for your word today and the spirit of God that will enable us uh, to speak that word in a way that will bless your people and glorify uh, your name. We pray for every person that's here. Uh, that your anointing would fall upon their ears to hear what you would say to us in this place today. I pray for this uh, a group from uh, uh, Michigan. We are so grateful for their heart for Jesus at this young age to let uh, him use them, bless them, and keep them safe during their travels. Uh, and may they be refreshed and blessed as you mightily use them uh, in this new generation that you're raising up to impact this world for the cause of Christ. For that we give you honor and glory in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. This morning I'm going to minister a simple message entitled, There is a Sure Foundation. Everybody shout, there is, there is. a sure foundation. And I'm certainly in a teaching mode this morning, and so I'm just going to share a few thoughts about that, and, and uh, we're going to move on and let God do what he wants to do. Can I get an amen to that? Um, uh, number one, I want to talk about the significance of the sure foundation. There's a verse of scripture found in Psalm 11 and verse 3, which asks this question. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous uh, do? Repeat that after me. If the foundations, if the foundations be, destroyed, be destroyed, what can the righteous do? There are some things the righteous cannot do without a foundation. Uh, there are some things the righteous cannot accomplish without a foundation. There are some things that the righteous cannot achieve without a foundation. And there is nothing the righteous can do effectively and safely uh, build without a foundation. Uh, and so uh, the significance of a foundation must not be underestimated if the foundations be destroyed the psalmist asks, what can the righteous do now we need to understand that God and the devil both understand the significance of foundations when the devil wants to disrupt God's work he attacks the foundation and when God wants to disrupt the devil's work. He attacks the foundation. This is illustrated in Acts chapter 16 and verse 26 where the Bible says, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that uh, the foundations, shout foundations, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loose. 
In this adverse experience for Paul and Silas when they were bound in prison for the preaching of the gospel, uh, the Bible says that after they at midnight prayed and sang praises to God, suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and every man's bands were loose. The devil's work in this situation was disrupted by the Lord shaking the foundation. You see, there is no foundation laid by the devil that is strong enough to withstand the Lord's shaking. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. Just uh, tap somebody on the shoulder and say, neighbor, I don't care what the devil is doing in your life. God is about to shake the foundation. And you're about to be loosed and walk through an open door. Anybody claiming that as you're believing that? Come on, if that's so, put your hands together and thank God for his power to shake the enemy's foundation. Uh, the reason is because of the next point. Number two, the sovereignty of the sure foundation. Shout, shout sovereignty. You see, God in his sovereignty does not just deal with foundations negatively. He also and more so deals with foundations positively. Look at this scriptural illustration of the Lord's sovereignty at work in Isaiah chapter 44 and verse 28. When the Bible talks about some things that the Lord says. And then he says that saith of Cyrus, he is my shepherd and shall perform all my pleasure. Even saying to Jerusalem, thou shalt be built and to the temple Thy foundation, shout foundation, shall be laid. And we see this prophecy being fulfilled in Ezra chapter 6 and verse 3 where he said that in the first year of Cyrus the king, the same Cyrus, the king made a decree concerning the house of God at Jerusalem. Let the house be built, the place where they offered sacrifices, and let the foundations thereof be strongly laid. God in his sovereignty inspires the prophet Isaiah to prophesy 150 years before it is fulfilled that Cyrus, the king of Persia, a pagan who does not believe in the one and true God, in his sentiments and actions is against God, but he releases God's people after their 70-year captivity to return to Jerusalem to build it and to lay the foundation. You see, the Bible says in Proverbs 21 and verse 1 that the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. And like a river, he can turn it in any direction that he wants. And you see, that's why I'm not worried about what's going on with man, what's going on in our world, and who's saying what, and who's doing what, and how bad things are. Because in spite of how bad it looks, anybody convinced that God and his sovereignty is still on the throne? Can somebody say hallelujah? Anybody convinced that God and his sovereignty is still in charge and he's still in control? And are you convinced that your life is not in the hands of the devil, but your life is in the hands of the Lord God Almighty? Come on, you ought to put your hands together and give that God some praise. Somebody say hallelujah. 
And just in case we doubt what God and his sovereignty is able to do, we're reminded in Isaiah 48 and verse 13 where God says, Mine hand also hath laid the foundation of the earth, and my right hand hath spanned the heavens, and when I call unto them, they stand up together. Isaiah reminds us that if God's hand can lay the foundations of the earth, his hand is powerful enough to lay the foundation of our lives. Can I get a loud amen to that? Anybody glad you serve the God whose hand made the heavens and the earth and laid the foundations thereof? Come on, you ought to give that God some praise and bless his name. Somebody say hallelujah. And this is of paramount importance because of the next point. Number three, the seasons of the sure foundation. Shout seasons. Look at what Paul writes regarding this point and this truth in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning with verse 10, where he says, According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master, master builder, he said, I have laid the foundation. Everybody say, I have laid the foundation. And Paul went on to say, and another builds thereon. And then he warns, but, but let every man take heed, as he warns, how he builds thereupon. And then in verse 11, he says, for other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus our Lord. Can somebody say hallelujah? And then in verse 12, he says, now if any man builds upon this foundation, shout foundation. He said, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or stubble. And he uh, goes on to say what you should be cautious about. And a lot could be said about this passage, but the thing I'm pointing out here is this. There is a season for laying the foundation, and there is a season for building upon the foundation that has been laid. And then there is a season when the material used for building upon the foundation is inspected to see if it is gold, silver, precious stone, or wood, hay, or stubble. And the thrust of what I'm saying is this. It is imperative that we ask God to give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying concerning the season we're in so that our steps are in sync with what God is doing in that Spirit-led season. Can I get an amen to that? For example, when Paul was in a foundation-laying season, he said in Romans 15 and verse 20, Yea, so have I strived to preach the gospel not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. So many people have an itch to preach behind a podium on a platform and standing in front of a pulpit. When Paul said, I'm not striving to preach where the name of Christ has already been named and the foundation has already been laid. He said, I want to go where the folk haven't heard about Jesus. And that's why I commend these young folks from, from Michigan. They want to go where the gospel has not been heard and reach souls that are not in the church. Can I get an amen to that? 
And so Paul says that I'm not in that particular season to where I want to lay upon the foundation, build upon the foundation that has already been laid. When it was time for God's people to grow out of a season of just being able to drink the milk of the word into a season of being able to chew the meat of the word, uh, the writer of Hebrews said uh, concerning foundations in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1, therefore leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection or let us go on unto maturity. Uh, not needing to just uh, uh, drink the milk of the word, but we're now able to chew the meat of the word. He said, let us go on into maturity. How many want to grow up in God? He said, let us go on in maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and a faith toward uh, God. Jesus said concerning stormy seasons in Luke chapter 6 and verse 48, that a person who hears my words and obeys them, He's like a man which built a house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose and the storm beat vehemently upon that house, it could not shake it for it was founded upon a rock. Anybody glad that even in the stormy seasons of your life, there's a rock that if your life is founded upon, you won't be shaken and you won't be shattered because that rock is the Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody want to give him some praise and bless his name? And Luke said, all you got to do, speaking the words of Jesus, is dig deep. Everybody say, you got to dig deep. You got to go past emotionalism. Because how many know you don't always feel God? Can I get an amen to that? You got to go past intellectualism. Because how many know you can't always figure God out? Can I get an amen to that? You got to go past the stuff that you can see happening. Because how many know there are times when it is dark and it is dim and, and it is dreary and it looks discouraging and it looks defeating all around you. But how many know regardless of how it looks, if you know that there's a rock, then the storms of life won't shake you. Somebody ought to give that God some praise. Uh, can I get a loud amen to that? And then there are seasons when after some things have been destroyed because the foundation has been forsaken, there's a need for restoration, which is why the prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah 58 and verse 12, and they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt raise up, listen to this, the foundations of many generations. The foundations of past generations. And thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. Everybody glad, anybody here glad that our God is a God of restoration? Can somebody say amen to that? Anybody glad that there are seasons when God says, I know some stuff have been destroyed, but watch me restore what man cannot restore, and I'll get all the glory as a God of restoration. Anybody expecting a restoration in some area of your life? Come on, put your hands together and extend your praise of faith to that God. Can I get a loud amen to that? And then there are seasons when the foundation does not look impressive and you will be tempted to despise it. Which is why the prophet said in Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 9, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid, listen to this, the foundations of this house and his hands also shall finish it. And thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts has sent me unto you. And then in verse 10 he says, For who hath despised the day of small things? For they shall rejoice. You see, in a season of foundation lying, there are times when things look small. 
And you can come to the place and adopt the mindset and the attitude of not thanking God even for the small thing that he's doing. But I wonder if I got anybody saying, I'm not going to wait till I see the big stuff before I praise God for the little stuff. Anybody want to pause right now and thank God for even that little stuff that you see taking place in your life? Because how many of you know if you will praise God and not despise the day of small beginning, then God says if they'll praise me when I bless them with a little thing, then I know they'll praise me when I bless them with a bigger thing. I wonder if I got about five people that say on this Sunday morning, on March 1st, 2020, I'm not going to wait for a bigger blessing before I act like my God is worthy to be praised. But is there anybody that says I'm going to praise him right now for the stuff that's considered small in man's eyes? I'm not talking about uh, 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 uh just giving God a little pity about But is there anybody want to just tell him, I thank you, God, uh, even for blessing me in the small stuff uh, in my life? Can somebody say hallelujah? And listen to this. Then there are foundational storing seasons that Paul referred to in First uh, uh, Timothy chapter 6, beginning with verse 17. Well, Paul said, charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, don't get the big head because the kind of house you live in, the kind of car you drive, the kind of clothes you wear, the kind of job you have. Because, hey, I mean, that stuff can be here one day and gone the next day. So he said, I want you to charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded and forget who blessed them to get to that place. Is there anybody saying that I know I'm at a place now where I have not been in the past, but I understand this, that if it had not been for the Lord on my side, I wouldn't be where I am today. Can I get an amen to that? And so Paul said, charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches. Because that stuff is uncertain. And he says, but trust in the living God. Who gives us richly all things to enjoy. And here's what he instructs them to do in verse 18. That they, be, uh, that they do good. That they be rich in good works. Ready to distribute. Pastor Diane earlier talked about God blessing us in such a way that we become a distribution center. To where we are liberal and we are generous. And he says willing to communicate. Willing to, willing to share what you, with what you have with those that are in need. First giving God the tithes and offerings above that. And benevolently being a blessing to those that are hurting uh, in our community. This Saturday, March 7th. Um, we're going to have a, a uh, crochet mat training class uh, for those uh, who are willing to be a blessing to the homeless in our community. I'm going to ask uh, Elizabeth McCarver to please stand uh, because uh, she's made about four or five of these mats out of plastic grocery bags. And, um, and she gives them to the homeless so that they have a comfortable place to lie on. And because it's made out of plastic, they can wipe the moisture uh, that's left on the ground from rain or other sources and while they are covered with a warm blanket. And so many from not just our church but from the community have been asking, how can I learn how to do that? This Saturday at the Tryon Branch Library on Langley Avenue, Room B, she's going to be there training you and other folk on how to crochet mats for the homeless out of 
plastic grocery bags. How many know that's a blessing to be a blessing to those that are in need? Can I get an amen to that? And, uh, and she said, even if you don't know how to crochet or have no desire to do so, you can come and learn some things that you can do. Her own daughter, Rachel, who's sitting next to her, she doesn't crochet, but she cuts those plastic bags for her mom. Because it takes about 750 uh, plastic grocery bags to make these mats uh, um, to be a blessing to those uh, uh, that are homeless. And so we need you to bring those uh, plastic grocery bags to church. And, and if you cut them before you bring them, that's an extra blessing. Uh, that's one other step that's left out of the process. Uh, but how many of you know God has called us not to just come in this place and just be blessed ourselves. He's called us to, to be blessed, to be a blessing to the community. Can I get a loud amen to that? And this is one of the ways you can do it. This Saturday, March 7th, from 1030 to 1230 at the Tryon Branch Library on Langley Avenue, Room B. Uh, see her after church and she'll give you more details. She may even tell you uh, some things you can bring and y'all can get started right away and being a blessing to the homeless in our community. Can I get a loud amen to that? Now, Paul says, when you are ready to distribute, when you are willing to communicate, here's what he says happens in verse 19. You lay up in store for yourself, this is a good foundation against the time to come that we may lay hold on eternal life. The New Living Translation puts, puts it like this. By doing this, you will be storing up your treasure as a good foundation for the future so that you may experience true life. Paul is saying that what we give in this season is stored up as a good foundation for future seasons. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. This past Tuesday, I sat in the living room of Richard Thames, who's been a member of our church for over 20 years. For about an hour and a half or two, I sat in his living room. He asked me to come and sit and talk with him. And as I sat there and he shared this story, tears began to stream down his face. He's caring for his wife, um, Santoria, who is needing a lung transplant and having to travel back and forth from Tampa to here uh, to get breathing treatment. And, uh, and, and he believes that something God did for him years ago allowed him to be freed up in his time to care for his wife during this season. He told me, Pastor Burns, he said, I want to thank you for being the man of God you are and, from, and for hearing from God and speaking the word of God. He said in 2003, in January of 2003, he said the prophetic thing for that year was expect to be completely free in 2003. And he said, I grabbed that word. And he said, I sowed a financial seed into that prophetic word for my life. He said, three months, three or four months later, three months later in March of that year, he said, while I was working at my dream drop job, being a fireman right here in Escambia County, had wanted to be a fireman since I was a little child, he said, I had a silent heart attack. And I had to abruptly leave my job. And he said, during that season, I was slipping into a period of depression. And the Lord spoke to me and said, don't you remember the word that I spoke to you this year that you'll be completely free in 2003? 
3, and he said, I may not have answered your prayer the way you wanted me to answer it, but now you are free to do the things you love to do in life. And his head was lifted, and he began to do some things that he enjoyed, and he believes that he got free from that job so that he could be available for his wife right now. But he said, Pastor Burns, it came as a result of me receiving that word and sowing a seed into that word. And he said, I cannot begin to tell you how much God has blessed me as a result of every opportunity I get to sow into the kingdom of God. Because I understand when I'm doing it, I'm sowing in this season, which is preparing me for a strong foundation for a season that I don't know that is coming in my life. And he said, the reason I'm able to stand right now is because the word of God is in my heart. And I'm able to put it in my mouth. And I know God is going to continue to bless me in ways that I cannot fathom. Can somebody give God praise that his word does not return void? Can somebody say hallelujah? That's why Paul said in Galatians 6, 9, and let us, listen to this, Galatians 6, 9, Mama Fran, the mother of, of, of uh, Carla Ross, who are faithful members of New Dimensions and have been for over 20 years, along with her uh, husband, Norm Ross, who's the deputy's uh, superintendent of the Escambia County School uh, District and carries a heavy load in what he does. Well, when Mama Fran was alive, she came to me one day when we were at... Uh, the event center, 3201 West Navy Boulevard. She came to the altar and she said, I'm going to tell you something. She pointed her finger in my face. God is talking to you through me right now. And he said, don't you ever forget this verse. Pastor Burns, be not weary in well-doing. For in due season, you'll reap if you faint not. How you know that's the word of the Lord? Can somebody say amen to that? I want you to look at somebody next to you and say, I, I know it gets rough for you sometimes. Say, but God wants to encourage you this morning. Look at him and say, be not weary in well-doing for in due season. Anybody glad there's a season called due? Somebody say hallelujah. He said in due season. I said, anybody glad there's a season called due? Can somebody say hallelujah? He said in due season, you will reap if you what? If you faint not. I wonder if I got anybody to say, I'm going to hold on to the very end uh, until my due season comes uh, for the glory of the Lord. Now listen, there are two things to remember about the seasons of foundations. Number one, the thing that will get us through any season is remembering that Christ is our foundation in every season. Can I get an amen to that? Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3.11 that we read earlier that there is no other foundation that can be laid except the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ. The thing we should remember is that the thing that will get us through any season is remembering that Christ is our foundation in every season. The second thing to remember is this. Your perspective of a season will determine your sound for that season, which leads to the fourth and final point, the sounds of a sure foundation. Ezra 3.10 says, And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priests in their apparel with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals to praise the Lord after the ordinance of the king of Israel. And verse 11 says, And they sang together by course in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord, because he's good for his mercy and doeth forever toward Israel. And listen to this. And, and all the people shouted with a great shout. 
when they praise the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. And then verse 12 says, but many of the priests and the Levites and the chief of the fathers who were ancient men that had, been, had, that had seen the first house when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes, listen to what they did. They wept with a loud voice, but many shouted aloud for joy. During this season of laying the foundation, there were two sounds, the sound of the shouts of joy, and that was the sound of the shouts of grief. The older generation shouted in grief because they were comparing the present with the past. The current generation was shouting for joy because they refused to let remembering what God did in, for them in the past keep them from rejoicing over what God was doing in the present. And this sound of the shout of joys is of paramount importance because the joy of the Lord is our strength. So anytime you're in the midst of God doing something in your life, you have a choice to do one of two things. You can get stuck in the past and remember what God did in the past and compare it with the present. Or you can say, you know what? That was then, but this is now. Our God is still able to do great things in our midst. Somebody say hallelujah. And so through any season we find ourselves in, we should shout this truth of our sure foundation found, uh, first of all, in, 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 in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 19, where Paul said, there's a lot of negative things going on in our world today. Nevertheless, listen to this. Nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure. Having this seal, the Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. The Greek word for sure, shout sure foundation. Sure. The Greek word for sure in this verse is stereos. Uh, it means solid, to be firm. Referring to what is immovable, will not bulge, stable, not changeable. Standing fast without buckling or giving way is steadfast. How many of you are glad for a sure foundation? How many are glad for a foundation that is solid and firm and that's immovable and will not budge and is stable and is unchangeable and it stands fast and without uh, buckling and it won't give away because it is a sure, steadfast foundation. And he said, nevertheless, I don't care what's happening all around you, the foundation of God stands sure. Somebody ought to say hallelujah. And this takes us back to our text in Isaiah 28, 6, with which I close. When he said, therefore, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. And he that believeth shall not make haste. He won't give in to the spirit of panic. Uh, for those who believe will never, ever be shaken. Can I get a loud amen to that? You got a choice today. Grieve or rejoice. Get obsessed with what God did in the past. Or start rejoicing about what God is doing in the present. Because he's laying a sure foundation. And if you believe, you will never, ever be shaken. Can I get a loud amen to that? Amen. Everybody shout two sounds. Two sounds. When Ezra was building the temple and the foundation had been laid, 
There were two sounds in their midst. Both were shouting real loud. One shouting grief as they wept uncontrollably. And the other shouting with joy. Because they were saying, look what the Lord has done. And I will not despise the day of small beginnings. So my question to you is this. What sound are you going to release in this season? Are you going to release a sound of grief? Talking about everything that has gone wrong and is going wrong. And I'm not just talking about it in New Dimension. I'm talking about it in your life, in your family, on your job. Are you going to walk around moaning and groaning, moping and groping and complaining about everything that is going wrong? Are you going to say, wait a minute, God is good all the time. And all the time, God is a good God. How many are convinced that regardless of what season you find yourself in, God is still a good God and he's worthy of all of the praise, the honor, and the glory? Can somebody say hallelujah? So my challenge to you is this, which is the altar call. I won't call you forward, but it's right in your seat. If you're saying, I'm going to be one of those that's going to give a sound of the shouts of joy because I see what God is doing in this season, and I'm going to praise him through it. And I'm going to give him something to work with with my praise. I'm going to put my grief behind, and I'm going to release the joy of the Lord because the joy of the Lord is my strength. If that's you... On the count of three, I want you to just stand. Don't say anything. We're going to give you an opportunity to shout. But if you're saying, I'm making a choice today to release the sound of joy because I see God laying a sure foundation in my life, and I will not be shaken. Somebody say hallelujah. One, two, three. Just stand and just lift your hands, and I'm going to give you the next piece of instruction in the name of the Lord. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Now lay your hands on your neighbor's shoulder gently. Don't weigh them down. They're already tired. Just look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I know you've gone through some things. Look at them. Say, I know you've gone through some things. Tell them, I know you've gone through some hurt. Say, some disappointment. Say, right now, your heart may be broken over some things that have disappointed you. But look at them. Say, weeping may endure for a night. Hold your head up high. Your joy is coming in the morning. Somebody say hallelujah. And say, neighbor, I, I want you to take it to the next level. Say, don't wait till you see God turning around before you give your God a shout of praise. Say, don't you want to just praise him with me right now and tell God thank you? Come on, I shouldn't have to pop you up. Come on, just go ahead and begin to praise God. Go ahead and begin to magnify God. Go ahead and begin to glorify God. Somebody say hallelujah. There is a sure foundation that'll get you through any hell that you find yourself in. Can somebody say hallelujah? Lift those hands toward heaven all over this place. In spite of the seasons of shakings that you find yourself in, God is still on the throne. He's still in charge. And he has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind.